Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1930, 10 Ways to Screw Up an Apology, part one, by Keith Wilson of keithwilsoncounseling.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Monday edition of ORD. I'm your host and narrator, Greg Audino, and today I've got another great post for you on behalf of Keith Wilson. As a matter of fact, I've got the same for you tomorrow, too. This is a long post and a very good one for relationships, needless to say. It's so easy to rush through feelings sometimes and say what we feel needs to be said, but this lack of willingness to lean in and really explore your own emotions and the emotions of your partner is bound to make things worse. So let's hear what Keith has to say about how we can navigate apologies more honestly and successfully, dive into part one, and start optimizing your life. 10 Ways to Screw Up an Apology, Part 1, by Keith Wilson of KeithWilsonCounseling.com. If you've decided you can't apologize to the person you hurt because it would hurt him more, then go with God. If you've decided you can't apologize to the person you hurt because it would hurt you more, then see you in the other place. But if you've decided you will apologize to the person you hurt because it's the right thing to do, listen on there are still mistakes you could make. Number one, you apologize without confessing. You might think it would be impossible to make an apology without admitting wrongdoing, but people sure try. They can't seem to resist saying, I'm sorry, without following it with the word, but, and all manner of justifications and rationalizations. You need to admit what you did wrong, acknowledge the harm you caused, and say what you're going to do to make it right. The problem comes when you go beyond the simple acknowledgement of the deed and attempt to explain why you did it. There is a time and a place for that, just not now, in your apology. To your victim's ears, explanation sounds like justification and excuses. You may have had good reasons for doing what you did. The person you hurt may have harmed you in some way first before you harmed him. But to bring that up now obscures your own confession. It confuses things and makes it sound like you're not taking responsibility for your part of the problem. Number two, you're vague. Saying, I'm sorry I hurt you, is an apology in the same way that a moped is transportation. It's lame. A moped will get you where you're going, but not as memorably as a Ferrari. If you want to make a memorable impact on your relationship, make your apology into a Ferrari. List the bad things you've done and the particular ways they had an effect on her. The more concrete you can be, the better your apology. I lied is better than 
I hurt you, but I lied to you about what I was doing Tuesday night is better than I lied. If you're too vague, it sounds like you haven't done the work. You haven't gotten down and scrubbed out all the corners. You tried to get by with passing a quick broom across it. There could even be confusion over what you're confessing. He could think you're confessing the lie you told on Friday night when all you're talking about was Tuesday. Number three, you only apologize when you're forced to. You get a couple of points if you apologize after she's caught you in the act or when she confronts you. It's like telling her you love her after she says, you don't tell me you love me anymore. It's the bare minimum. It's far better to tell her you love her without being asked. A good apology comes unprompted after full consideration. If you are confronted or caught in the act, it's necessary to acknowledge the transgression right there and then. But you're not done yet. Sometime later, after full consideration, bring it up again on your own. This shows you're taking it seriously. Number four, you don't show empathy. It's important in your apology to acknowledge the effect your actions had on him. This is to show you are taking his perspective. I lied to you about what I was doing Tuesday night, and now you can't trust me, shows you're putting yourself in his shoes. You might find it hard to know just what the effects have been. That's okay. You don't have to be right. You just have to show that you've tried. Number five, you ask for forgiveness. People screw up a perfectly good apology when they ask for forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness puts your victim on the spot. It requires her to do something at a time when she may be unprepared. Besides, she shouldn't be forgiving you just yet. You're not off the hook until you actually change. Some victims will offer forgiveness without being asked. Sometimes this comes from a good place in them. Sometimes they're just uncomfortable with receiving the confession and want it over with. Sometimes they think it's what they're supposed to do. At any rate, when that happens, you should respectfully and graciously decline the gift, or rather, offer to pick it up later after you've made amends. This doesn't mean that things have to go on being tense like they may have been. You don't have to sleep on the couch. An apology is supposed to be a turning spot. You've changed direction, but you're not there yet. You have not yet arrived at reconciliation. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled, 10 Ways to Screw Up an Apology by Keith Wilson of KeithWilsonCounseling.com. And thanks a million to Keith for a great start to this post. I'll keep this outro more streamlined for you, as I like to elaborate more on longer posts after both parts have been completed. But it goes without saying that the beginning here is full of great tips to hold ourselves accountable and be sure that we are as devoted to writing the ship with those that we've hurt as possible. We're already starting to see the differences between a manufactured apology, and a genuine one. And if you find that you're just looking to compose an apology that sounds good, rather than actually feeling apologetic, perhaps before apologizing, it's worth it to take more time to really consider the effects your actions have had on the other person. And not just that, but also why your initial reaction might be more rooted in self-preservation than anything else. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but could very well be something to dissect a bit. More tomorrow, though, everybody. So enjoy the rest of your day, take care of yourselves, consider what has been discussed so far, and be sure to come on back for a really solid ending to an already great post. Again, that's tomorrow in the Tuesday show. That's where your optimal life awaits.